Today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022, and this is Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis, your Weather Command forecast. For the rest of your Wednesday, cloudy highs in the mid-20s. Northwest winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, steady temperature around 17. Southwest winds 5 to 15 miles an hour. Thursday, windy, not as cool, and mostly cloudy. Patchy blowing snow in the morning, 20% chance of rain and snow in the afternoon. Highs 40 to 45. Southwest winds 15 to 25 miles an hour. Increasing to west 25 to 35 in the afternoon, with gusts up to 50. Thursday night, breezy and mostly cloudy. Lows 25 to 30. West winds 15 to 25 miles an hour. Friday, mostly cloudy, highs around 40. West winds 10 to 15. Friday night, partly cloudy, lows 25 to 30. Saturday, breezy and mostly cloudy, highs around 50. Saturday night, colder and mostly cloudy, 40% chance of rain and snow, lows 15 to 20. Sunday, colder, snow likely, moderate snow accumulations. Highs 25 to 30, chance of snow 70%. Sunday night, colder and mostly cloudy, 50% chance of snow, lows around zero. Monday, colder and cloudy, 20% chance of snow, highs around 10 above. Monday night and Tuesday, mostly cloudy, lows around 5 below, highs 10 to 15. In a 4-2 vote on Tuesday, the Fort Belknap Community Council decided to move the reservation into Phase 2 of reopening, effective now through March 20th. Phase 2 allows for offices and businesses to operate at 50% capacity. Social distancing will still need to be utilized, and restaurants are continued to require masks except when eating or drinking. Local Fort Belknap transportation buses can operate at 50% capacity, and non-essential activities must submit a safety plan to disaster and emergency services at least five days in advance for review. Essential activities will continue to be allowed with a safety plan submitted to DES. Gyms can function at 25% capacity with face masks required, including when working out. Community centers can open at 50% capacity with mask wearing required. The federal government of Canada has announced that as of February 28th, they will be eliminating the requirement that travelers who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 have to take a pre-arrival PCR test. Instead, visitors can opt to take a clinic-administered rapid antigen test no more than one day prior to arrival at the border. Unvaccinated children under the age of 12 that are traveling with vaccinated adults will no longer have to avoid crowded settings for 14 days upon arrival. Fully vaccinated travelers may be randomly selected to take a PCR test, but they will not have to quarantine while awaiting results. However, unvaccinated travelers must test on arrival and will have to quarantine for 14 days. The Canadian government says restrictions will continue to be adjusted as the situation changes. In other Canadian-related news, in a press release today, Governor Greg Gianforte joined 15 other governors, along with Alberta Premier Jason Kenney and Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, in calling for U.S. President Joe Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to immediately reinstate vaccine and quarantine exemptions that had previously been available to cross-border truck drivers. Last month, the U.S. and Canada mandated that cross-border truckers must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or face quarantining. In the letter from the governors and premiers, they they argue that the mandate is impacting already strained supply chains that, combined with inflation, places a burden on residents on both sides of the border. The letter added that the trucking industry already faces workforce shortages that could continue to be exacerbated by this rule. 
The Department of Natural Resources and Conservation is seeking public comment on updates to the Water and Sewer Infrastructure Grant Guidelines. The guidelines incorporate the U.S. Department of Treasury's final rule for the State and Local Fiscal Recovery Funds Program and is formally in effect beginning April 1st. The final rule expands program eligibility to allow funds to be used for additional stormwater infrastructure, residential wells, lead remediation, and certain rehabilitations of dams and reservoirs. DNRC is also seeking public comment on updates to competitive grant ranking guidelines lines for matching funds to include only committed match. Public comments are due 5 p.m. February 23rd. They will be reviewed at the February 24th Infrastructure Advisory Commission meeting. For more information, visit HighlineToday.com. Now taking a look at those local COVID updates for today. We'll start off with Hill County which yesterday reported eight new COVID cases and 57 recoveries. Total case count for Hill County is up to 4,704, 92 active, one hospitalized, 4,541 recoveries, 71 deaths. Over in Blaine County, between Saturday and Tuesday, they reported 50 new COVID cases, 53 recoveries, and a new hospitalization. Total case count for Blaine, 2,270, 98 active, six hospitalized, 2,142 recoveries, 30 deaths. Turning to state news, we'll start off with a look at that COVID-19 dashboard update. Today, the state reported 929 new COVID cases, bringing the cumulative total to 259,701. Active case count, 4,129. Active hospitalizations, 230. Death toll, 3,091. Counties with the most new cases today, Cascade, 231. Flathead, 207. Missoula, 58. Bighorn, 56. Looking at the vaccine update for today from the state, total COVID vaccine doses administered up to 1.399 million, with 553,300 Montanans fully immunized. That's 54% of the eligible population. The Cascade County Sheriff's Office says an investigation into a suspicious death is ongoing. A press release says deputies responded at 5.20 p.m. Monday to the old Bar S just east of Great Falls off US-89 to a report of a deceased male. Upon further investigation, the male was identified as 40-year-old Michael Evans of Great Falls. An autopsy is scheduled to take place Thursday at the Montana State Crime Lab in Missoula. No other information has been released. A Helena man has received a lifetime ban from hunting and trapping in Montana as part of his sentence for illegally killing a trophy moose east of Townsend in 2019. Shiloh Berry, 41, was sentenced Friday in Broadwater County District Court after pleading guilty last fall to unlawful possession of a game animal, hunting without a valid license, and waste of a game animal. In addition to the lifetime ban from hunting and trapping, Berry's sentence includes a three-year suspension of fishing privileges, $12,100 in fines and restitution, and a suspended five-year imprisonment term. In November 2019, game wardens with FWP received a tip that a dead moose with its head cut off and the meat abandoned had been left behind. The carcass was found on Blacktail Road, 17 miles east of Townsend. Wardens also found distinctive tire tracks and boot prints at the scene. In April 2020, wardens received another tip that Barry possessed moose antlers he claimed to have found in the same area where the moose carcass was discovered. Wardens executed a search warrant and discovered the antlers, as well as boots and tires that matched the tracks at the kill site. During an interview with wardens, Barry confessed to killing the moose. The moose's antlers were 56 inches wide and had a Boone and Crockett gross score of 167 and a net score 145. Anybody with tips about crimes such as this should call FWP's 24-hour anonymous toll-free tip line 1-800-TIPMONT. 
Now, taking a look at wheat prices for today. Daily prices per bushel for Hill County winter wheat, $8.05. Spring wheat, $9.15. Blaine County winter wheat, $7.95. Spring wheat, $9.10. Liberty County winter wheat, $8.10. Spring wheat, $9.15. Shoto County winter wheat, $8.05. Spring wheat, $9.15. And Phillips County winter wheat, $7.90. Spring wheat, $9.05. And now, taking a look at funeral notices for today. Joseph Aloysius Bachmeyer, 83, passed away at his home in Haver with his family by his side on Sunday evening, February 13th. His prayer vigil service will be 7 p.m. Sunday, February 20th. His funeral mass will be at 11 a.m. Monday, February 24th, all at St. Jude Catholic Church in Haver with V. Rev. Monsignor Daniel Walthin celebrating. His burial will be 9 a.m. Tuesday, February 22nd at Highland Cemetery. Memorials in Joseph's honor may be made to the St. Jude Thaddeus Catholic Church. That's P.O. Box 407, Haver, Montana, 59501. And that's going to do it for this Wednesday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Thanks for listening, and remember, seven days a week, we are your source for news and information. KOJM, KPQX, and HighlineToday.com. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, stay safe out on the roads, and please continue to do your part to help flatten the curve.